0: Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, I'm joined from the press box in Progressive Field by our Tribe beat writer Paul Hoynes. Uh, Paul, we we almost we almost saw history here tonight at Progressive Field with Trevor Bauer going seven innings, no hit ball. Would have been the the first no hitter for the Indians in 38 years since Lenny Barker's perfect game, but it wasn't in the cards. Trevor uh, had a had a 31 pitch uh, third inning and and. Terry Francona made the decision to pull him after the seventh. Uh, you know, what do you think of the way things played out, and and the the Indians coming away with eventually with a four one victory?
1: Well, it, it it was really interesting, uh, Joe. I thought uh, Bauer had no hit stuff, but you know he also walked six guys. He mm-hmm. struck out eight guys, walked six guys, um, and you know, the strikeouts and walks. You know, they they increase the pitch count so much, so. You know, he was at 117 pitches at the end of the, the seventh the seventh inning. I thought for sure he'd come out. I really did. I thought there'd be, like, a, a wrestling match in there in the dugout if, uh, if Francona tried to take him out. But I think another contributing factor is the Indians had a long inning, too. Right. You know, they sent about eight, nine guys to the plate, scored two runs. Uh, and, you know, Trevor, uh, you know, so I think they just made the decision not to send him back out. And, you know, Trevor was okay with it. I mean, you know, publicly he said it was the right decision. You know, and, uh, you know, I think that bodes well. You know, that's, you know, there's well, there's a bunch of games left. There's five, six months left, and uh,
0: maybe he'll get another shot right. at one. If the Indians are going to go anywhere, it's going to be because Trevor Bauer pitched 200 innings for him this year and, and won a bunch of games. And if you let him go out there and throw 100, I think his his uh, his high is like 146. Is that his? That's what he said. He did he threw 147 in college. In college, uh, if you let him throw 147, you're yeah. making you're making a roster move. Yeah. You know, you're you're buying him some time uh, out of the rotation there. If if you make him go that or let him go that long, because you know he wanted to do it, and, and that's fine. All every everybody said the right thing uh, afterwards, but. Uh, you know i i can't, that was absolutely the right decision I, no one can argue that that you shouldn't have pulled Trevor Bauer in that situation it's april 4th it's 42 degrees at game time yeah. there are a number of factors that say look the right decision is to pull them out of the game.
1: Yeah, and especially the way this team is constructed now. They're you know, like you said, they're leaning on their their starting pitching. You get one of those guys hurt now with that lineup oh. they're running out there, I mean that's that's not a good move. So, you know, Frank Francona, you know, gets paid to uh, not only win games but to uh you know manage his players and protect his players and keep them out of harm's way and I think that's that's what they did, you know. And and they almost they carried the combined no hitter in the ninth. Uh Brad Hand lost it on a leadoff single. Uh but still it was it was interesting. And it just goes to show you, you know, how hard it is to throw a no hitter. I've seen, you know, Carlos Carrasco in, in Tampa uh, against the Rays, he, he was within one strike. One strike, two outs, two strikes on Joey Butler, and he gives up a single, you know, over Jason Kipnis's head, uh, you know. So many times it comes, you know, it comes down to the seventh, eighth, or ninth inning. Obviously, with a no hitter, but you see, guys, you know, lose it, and then all of a sudden they lose the shutout. Then they come close to losing the game, and you know, Toronto was in position to win it. Yeah, game.
0: they brought the tying run to the plate in the eighth and ninth inning. Yeah. So, uh, you know, obviously, Franco has got to go for manage for the win there, and and, and he did exactly that. Uh, all right, so that, that brings up interesting questions, just just thought provoking questions, I guess we wanna we wanna ask uh, who 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 on this staff? There's there's five aces on you know potentially five aces on this staff. Who who who's the first Indian starting pitcher to throw a no hitter? I, I I got Roberto Perez's answer, so I don't and I don't know if it was serious, but uh, who do you think? Uh, who who would be your pick?
1: Boy, you know, until tonight, Bauer hasn't walked anybody, and he didn't walk anybody last year, hardly, mm-hmm. and this was, this was reminiscent of Bauer two or three years ago, and I think maybe the weather, something right. had to play, play a part in that, but I would think, you know, based on pure stuff, based on, uh, I would go with Carrasco. I Carrasco. think he's if he ever gets that when he gets that split going the uh, you know the split changeup or whatever he, he throws you know he he is he's really unhittable we haven't seen that yet obviously he's only made one start but you know in, in 2015 I think he flirted with no hitters like two or three times in the next year so I, I, that's the guy I'd go with well
0: just go back to that week in 2015 I think there were three games in Tampa there where. Danny Salazar, Cody Anderson, and that's right, and uh, Carlos Carrasco all flirted with no hitters. So I don't think we're going to be getting much out of Danny Salazar no. or, or, or Cody Anderson anytime soon. But uh, you know, if, if, if I'm if I'm picking out of the five starters in the rotation, at, look, Shane Bieber threw a minor league no hitter last year right before his call up. Mike Clevenger threw a, uh, a two hit shutout against Baltimore. Now, granted, that's Baltimore. Yeah. Um, and, and Corey Kluber has two uh, Maddox games, to his credit, in, in his career. Maddox game is a complete game shutout in fewer than 100 pitches. Now, that's what I think you've got. Corey Kluber going, you know, half of his starts are going to be against AL Central teams like Detroit and Kansas City and Chicago. Yeah. I, think, uh, I think Corey Kluber, with the way he can be efficient and maximize his pitch count, I think Corey Kluber is the guy who who throws the next Cleveland Indians no hitter. Uh, all that said, Trevor Bauer is the guy who you know could go, come out any night of any week and and absolutely do it just because of the his ability to go deep into games.
1: Yeah, and you know he has such a variety of pitches. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, tonight he you know he threw like. I don't know, I, I think he threw like 35 curveballs or 28 curveballs. You know, I mean, and he's still relying on his fastball, but the curveball, the slider, the changeup, you know, he's, he's worked on those pitches. And uh, Perez was saying that, hey, these guys are kind of, you know, they're, 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 the the hitters are really at a disadvantage with him because they don't know what kind of pitch he's going to throw. Right.
0: He uh, Bauer threw the majority of his pitches were curveballs, but, you know, Perez said, if they can't hit it, why stop throwing it? That, yeah. that was it. Now I, I asked Perez who he thought would would author the next Indians no hitter, uh, and he said Carrasco. So you're, uh, you're really? right there. That, that's that's exactly who he said. Now he said it with a big old smile on his face yeah. as, he, as he's walking out of the clubhouse, uh, 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 uh. and nobody was around to hear him. So <laughs> yeah, uh, it's you know it's going on my word, but uh, yeah, tonight was definitely an interesting night. Just the the feel in the ballpark. It, it was it was a cold, crummy night to be out there watching baseball. Right. But, you know, there was there was a little bit of, for the first time, there was a little bit of energy around here just, yeah. you know, uh, watching, you know, Carlos Santana makes that nice play and, and keeps things going. You, you get pumped. It's, yeah,
1: it, you know, Naquin makes a pretty good mm-hmm. catch in right field. Right. Uh, you know, so you can feel the momentum of those things build. That's that's the fun part when you when you see a, a, a no hitter kind of unfold in front of you. And it was kind of reminiscent, you know, I wasn't I, I've seen it on TV, but of Lenny Barker's uh, yeah. perfect game. You know, it was like nobody's in the stands. It's mm-hmm. a cold uh, spring night, and uh, you know, you just feel that kind of momentum where like ten thousand people start sounding like twenty thousand, right. and and uh, it's. Uh, it's kind of a cool thing to watch, well,
0: and that's one of the things I did. I made sure I tweeted out pictures of the stands so that we could we could practically count the number of uh, fans if we needed to uh, uh, with the photograph. But uh, you get, so so that <laughs> forty thousand people don't come back and say they were here. That's uh, right here for the game if <laughs> something funny happened. Well, you bring up Lenny Barker's uh, perfect game, and it was against Toronto. Right. Ironically enough, May fifth, nineteen eighty one. Uh, the last that was the last Indians no hitter in the last. Uh, a perfect game, obviously. Uh, Hideo Nomo for Boston back in 2001 pitched a no hitter, and that would have been the earliest, and that was on April 4th, so would have yeah. tied for the earliest no hitter. You know, all of these would haves now kind of go, come into play. That's right. As, as all the, the reporters up here had, had been, you know, logging into their, their, their stories, they had everything written, and then the uh, the hit comes in the ninth inning to, to sort of uh, screw that up. But, uh, the, Toronto plays sort of a big part in all these Indians no hitters. Uh, the last, uh, the only Toronto no hitter, Dave Steve. yeah, uh, against the Indians in 1990. Uh, you know, and, I mean, and that was in, against John
1: McNamara was the manager. They had a, like a, he he sent out like a, uh, you know, a, a Sunday morning uh, lineup. Like uh, you know, after you played a doubleheader, the next the day before It was almost a B game lineup. Oh, it was it was ugly. We
0: we've seen a couple of those yeah, those yeah, from the yeah. Indians over the last <laughs> couple of years after they clinch, uh, uh, you know, division titles. Uh, the the B lineups, but, Yeah. And I remember Steve also
1: at the old stadium just missed a no hitter mm-hmm. uh, when uh, Julio Franco hit a double, a bad hop double over Manny Lee's head, uh, the second baseman, Toronto's old second baseman. And I think that was the only hit he allowed. What, so. it, what was what was Franco's reaction to to getting the the hit? That yeah, he that just kind of I I think he just thought it was natural, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> that's the way Julio was. But it you know, but uh, it was it just hit like a, it took a crow hop, you know, just yeah. hit a stone or something, and it was like. It was meant to be, and, and
0: Steve was fuming. You mean the, the, the infield wasn't in immaculate condition <laughs> at, at the old stadium? It's kind of hard to believe. Hey, that brings up another point. We're sitting here in, in Progressive Field on, it's still April 4th while we're recording this, uh, the anniversary, uh, 25 years in this ballpark. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's go- undergone a lot of changes. It looks a lot different than the first yeah. uh, the first time you sat here and watched a game but uh but you've been here through all of it so you know what's what's your perspective on the way that this this ballpark is held up and and the the changes it's undergone to to sort of meet the needs of uh the fans and and, yeah. and everybody here in, in cleveland
1: you know i love this ballpark i think it's it's still a beautiful park uh i think it's held up well i think just you know the indians and in the city have maintained it you know perfectly uh you know I know they've they've taken a lot you know it's it used to the capacity was what 40 42? 42 42 was about yeah, 40 now it's down to 35 37 mm-hmm. you know I wish they didn't have to do that uh but I understand it um and I think it's made the park more intimate it's I think there's this holds fewer fans in Fenway now and yeah. everybody calls Fenway the the little green jewel you know so but this uh so a lot of great moments. I I love the the reconstructed bullpens mm-hmm. out in center field
0: where you can, you know, the fans can can hang over the rails and see what's going on. Well, they can, it, the nice part you can get right up close. I can take my son. And and stand right behind the catch, and you can hear the pop and the sizzle of the ball, and yeah. and you know, that's that. That's how I look at him. I'm like, these are these are big league arms. These are big league guys, and, yeah. and it sort of dawns on him. Even at ten, he sort of realizes, yeah. holy cow, they're throwing pretty hard.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's so. That's cool. And but she's so many uh, so many great moments here. You know, they've. Uh, I remember. You know, the the thing that strikes me, Joe, is like when coming from the old ballpark, a, a Municipal Stadium and you walked in here, I remember walking into here, you know, the first couple years, and it was, you know, fans were here, it was brand new. It was like walking into Disneyland. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody had Tribe stuff on, Tribe gear on. Mm-hmm. It was like, it was almost they had replaced, a, you know, the, ba- the Tribe hats and Chief Wahoo hats for Mickey Mouse ears, you know? Oh. And it was, and it was just the, the feeling and the vibe of it that, you know, I don't think people realized, you know, what they were missing. You know, in mm-hmm. Cleveland, like what a new ballpark could could bring to the city, because, you know, the, you know, they've grown up in the, in the old stadium and that's right. what they knew. Uh, but it, it, I think it just revitalized the team. It revi- revitalized ownership. And, you know, they've had a great run here.
0: And I think I talked to Bob DiBiasio uh, before today's game, just about you know the, the the changes that this park has undergone and the the way that it's met the needs and the in the changing needs of uh, you know just the area and the fans and the in the region. He he said he never he he never thought he'd see the day where uh, a fifteen dollar ticket with no seat printed on it would be the most popular ticket in the stadium, and that's the corner uh, standing room tickets. You know, and and those that's obviously it's it's a change that they made to meet the needs of and what the the fans were demanding, and it, it's really worked out for them. Uh, it, it you look down there any Friday night during the season, and it's it's packed to the gills with uh, with folks having a good time and and, and enjoying the games and, and drinking, and I just uh, I, I think those are some of the changes. You know, people complain about you. Obviously, you complain. You hear the people whine about you know, taking out the seats and putting in the the containers up in the upper yeah. deck and all that, but you know if those seats aren't going to be filled, right? Every night, it's we're 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 far from the days of you know the four hundred some plus sellout streak and, and the fans and and all that. Uh, it's they they've done what's been necessary, and it's it's really a credit to the team and the organization's vision.
1: Yeah, definitely, and uh, you know I think uh, it's just. You know, it's just held up well, you And and uh, you know, I think you got to give Mark Shapiro some credit. You got to give Paul Dolan, you know, the the Dolans financed this with uh, the concessionaire here. Mm-hmm. Um, they they went in. I guess as far as I know, you know, half and half. You know that to to do most of these improvements, you know, obviously, you know, the city, you know, it's still they have the deal, the uh, Gateway deal. Right. Uh, that that maintains the, the way that the way that well. Bobby
0: the way that Bobby explained it to me was like stuff like the scoreboard, which is like infrastructure that comes from the Gateway and and the the city and, and all that. So, but but obviously, look, the construction of the corner and uh, any other improvements to the to the club areas right. and stuff like that that we've seen that, that all comes from from ownership and yep. that's an investment that the ownership has made. Now, it's obviously not the investment that everybody wants to hear about, but it's an important one because it, it helps generate the revenue that keeps the ball the, the yeah. ball club competitive.
1: Yeah, so I mean, you know, I think they've done a nice job with the ballpark, and uh, just uh, you know, it's going to be fun for the all see what the all star oh. game looks like here. I'm wondering if they wish they had some of those extra seats back or MLB, but probably. It, but it's going to be uh, it's going to be. It's gonna. The All-Star Game is always a blast, and uh, it's gonna be you know like a week of events. You know the the Futures Game. Well, mm-hmm. maybe we'll get to see uh, Tristan McKenzie if he, if he's healthy by then, pitching for for uh, the uh, you know the U.S. the USA team. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Should
0: be. Uh, all right. So coming up uh, this weekend, they finish up the series against uh, Toronto. Uh, Toronto's a team. That's- Struggling to score runs, really. It, well, they're yeah. they're
1: they're rebuilding. They're yeah. re- making their club over as well. You know, <laughs> just kind of just like the Indians. Uh, you know, a lot of pitching and not much hitting. It done not look
0: it, like it was. It was weird that I'm entering today's lineup in the uh, into the computer, and I needed uh, I needed to look up a few first names. <laughs> I, these guys were. <laughs> I need to look up some first names on the Indians. Yeah. Well, sometimes. <laughs> uh, then uh, the Indians have. Uh, you know, next week they're they're in. Uh, Detroit for a series. They open up there, and then uh, it, that's a, a nine-game road trip that yeah. they that they start. Detroit, Kansas City, uh, and then out to Seattle, which should be a heck of a fun trip. Oh boy! Uh, <laughs> but uh, at some point, they'll probably get Jason Kipnis back.
1: Yeah, I would think uh, maybe he said sometime on this road trip, this mm-hmm. upcoming road trip. So maybe he joins them in Kansas City. And uh, I don't know if you saw the box score. From uh, Columbus tonight, but it, you know Mercado and and uh, Mercado and Maven and and uh, Gonzalez all all had big nights. All
0: had two hits. Uh, Mercado, Gonzalez, and uh, Carlos Gonzalez and Cameron Maven batting one, two, three. Each of them had two hits, a couple RBIs. Um, and boy, that 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 sounds like a, a a lineup that could work in the outfield <laughs> here. If you Mercado in center, Gonzalez in right, Maven yeah. in left. I mean, that's there's there's combinations all over the place, but we'll, we'll, we'll see if we ever get to that point. Hey, I wanted to take a, a second to uh, you know make sure our listeners know uh, about this opportunity and the, this new initiative that, that we've got going with our beat writers uh, here in the sports department at cleveland.com. Uh, it's called Project Text. Uh, Paul, you're a part of it, as well as Mary Kay Cabot with the Browns, uh, Chris Fedor with the Cavs, and Doug Lamarice, uh with Ohio State. Uh, why don't you tell us just a little bit about uh, what fans who sign up for this uh, this service can can expect?
1: Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's kind of it's still evolving, Joe. And it's you know we you know like me as a beat writer with the Indians, I I will try to fi- you know take take people behind the scenes maybe uh, and just you know I, I send like two tweets a day out. Uh, you know, just uh, like uh, you
0: said these, these, are t- these are text messages. Text that messages, go to the, yeah, go to the text phone.
1: messages to uh, you know the people that subscribe. It, it costs like uh, I think three ninety nine a month, and uh, you get at least two te- uh, two text messages a day. To, uh, yeah, two. You know, and that's and uh, it's just kind of a behind the scenes look. Like today, you know, I talked about I, I tweeted something about. Uh, uh, Mike Clevenger, I saw him uh, walking around in the dugout with a, his hand wrapped up, and I was wondering what—did he get hurt, or did he, you know, did he get hurt? What what happened? And I asked him, but he had just gotten a new tattoo on his left right. hand of uh, the planets. Uh, you know, he said, uh, the nine planets, he's going to get the whole galaxy mm-hmm. tattooed on his hand. <laughs> he's talking oh, okay. about...
0: Okay, well, we don't want <laughs> don't, to... Don't give it away. This, <laughs> is, this is all uh, behind-the-scenes stuff yeah, that, and, and that yeah. we'll share. But stuff like that is, is what uh, fans who sign up for the service can expect. Uh, again, uh, there's links to uh, how to sign up for the service uh, project text uh, in all of our stories, uh, you know, moving forward for the time being. So go ahead and click on those. Uh, sign up if, if you want to. If you want to get some really great uh, behind-the-scenes information from Paul, uh, from Mary Kay, from Doug, from Chris,
1: and it's just kind of our impressions, your impressions too, maybe mm-hmm. of the lineup or you know some coming moves or. How you feel the team is doing, or what they need to do, just kind of you know, and, and I think it they want to build it as a uh, as a conversation between mm-hmm. between you know friends, you know, like you're sitting down like like we are now.
0: Yeah, well, that's just one of the many ways that we're trying to reach and, and interact and connect with with our fans and our listeners. Uh, so again, uh, big. Kind of a big night at the ballpark. You don't really normally get that on a Thursday night in, in, no. in early April, but but this sort of feels like a, like a little bit different uh, tonight. Just.
1: Uh, you never know what's going to happen. You know, you, yeah. when you come to the ballpark and you see something like this. I mean, you can watch baseball for 40, 50 years and never see, never see a no hitter or, or, or a team come this close to a no hitter. And,
0: and this is the man who, who would know from experience coming to the ballpark for forty years and not seeing a no hitter. Hoynesy, they haven't had one since you've been on the beat. What the heck? No, I've seen it's the curse I, of Paul Hoynes. Yeah, that's I've what seen, it is.
1: I've, I've seen other guys. You know, teams. Oh. You know, I've, I saw Steve's no hitter against the
0: Tribe. And saw Santana. Urban Santana's
1: mm-hmm. no hitter against the tribe, but I've never, I have yet to see an Indians play. Were,
0: were, were you there when Jim Abbott threw one? Yes, I was there I too. mean, Jesus, the, guy, uh, had, that's the right. guy had one hand and he I, threw a no hitter against the Indians. I,
1: yeah, I saw, you know, I did see, uh, I was in the bleachers as a fan when I was growing up, Dick Boswell throw his no hitter for the tribe against, wow.
0: against the A's. Well, that's well before my time, but. Uh. Uh, again, uh, seeing these guys, uh, I, I think, I think Trevor Bauer, I, he's he wanted it so bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, he, Perez you know. said it. You know, yeah, he, he wanted the
1: ball. You he know, wanted it. so, but I, you know, I think you know, Trevor's smart enough. That he's going to get another shot at this. Yeah. I don't think. He I don't think
0: this is the only his only opportunity for a for another. Well, it won't be our only opportunity here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk Podcast. We'll catch you next week. Uh good to talk to you and and, uh, we'll see you on the next show. All right, Joe. Thanks man.